1: 18- Stop right there, you want to know right
2: now, before you go any further, this is WandaVision.
1: That's right, the world outside your window may not be great, but here on Bush and Recaps, everything is wonderful. It's another episode of Everything is Super, recapping WandaVision, episode three. I'm Josh Wigler. I'm joined here by uh, the stork of podcasting, Kevin Mahadeo.
0: I'm i a stork. The,
1: yeah you're like the, <laughs> you're the stork.
0: I you, do have a very long neck and a uh, very long sharp beak and I do tend to just get babies and give them to other people.
1: I was going to say <laughs> you are uh, you you bring the miracle of life each and every time <laughs> is is what you do, Kevin and it's just an absolute delight uh just as it's an absolute delight to have our next guest here uh who may or may not be an agent of sword. We just don't know yet. We can only suspect, we can only guess, Latanya Starks is in the house.
2: I'm here. If I was an agent of S.W.O.R.D., would I tell you? I don't know. Or would I just let it reveal itself through my choice of accessories?
1: Yeah. It's hard to say. I'm not very observant uh, when it comes yeah. to this stuff. So, like, you could be wearing a T-shirt, Latanya, that says, I am an agent of S.W.O.R.D. And I'd be like, so, where do you work? What do you do? Yeah, I wouldn't really know.
0: That's such a good like question point too. Is just like why why are you wearing that? Like mm-hmm. when, like going undercover <laughs> and just being like this is this is the organization I work for? By the way, I had this little necklace or you know like a t shirt. Like why are you wearing that here? What are you what are you doing?
2: Yeah, it uh, probably got converted from some other like actual useful thing that Monica Rambo had
1: yeah. like on her. <laughs> Yeah. person,
2: and then all of a sudden, it was just a really beautiful, kitschy necklace.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's another testament to, like, probably there are aspects of this world that Wanda is warping, whether it is, like, w- you know, warping it for other people, or just warping it for herself, and then, like, something that she sees that's triggering a response of, like, oh, I am an agent of sword. Like, I think, like, like parts of her that are, like, resistant to the reality uh, that at least is supposed to exist uh, that seem to be breaking through, but I mean, like, burying the lead, kind of, yes, we're getting, you know, much more Monica Rambeau in this episode, and a much clearer sense that, like, there is some action with S.W.O.R.D. potentially, Um but also, Wanda was not only pregnant as of the end of the first two episodes, but now she has given birth. It happened very quickly. Fastest pregnancy of all time. Uh, she was uh, from a Wednesday to a Friday. And here we are. We got twins, Tommy and Billy, which I know are very buzzy names that Kevin will be like, Oh, let me tell you about Tommy and Billy as a comic book nerd. I'm going to tell you all about that. So we've got twins. <laughs> we've got twins, b- twins. <laughs> and twins. So we've got twins in the mix. We've got uh, a little bit more of a sense that, uh, Agnes, at least, feels like she's got her fingers on the pulse of the situation to some extent, but doesn't want to reveal it to the rest of us. We've got a chainsaw buried in the side of a fence from our neighbor. Vision seems to suspect that some stuff is going on, but then he doesn't seem to suspect anything because Wanda's warping reality, even as it impacts Vision. Uh, mm-hmm. this is a Very uh, eventful episode here in week three. Of WandaVision, we've got feedback to sort through and then tons of stuff to discuss. So we'll start with the discussion portion before we go into the feedback. Um, Latonya, overall thoughts on week three of the WandaVision.
2: This was my favorite episode so far. So I'm hoping that they only get better from here. Um, this one was just creepy in a lot of really cool ways that I enjoy being creeped out. Wanda is terrifying. Uh, in case you hadn't noticed, uh, she's powerful and terrifying, and I believe that she is completely in control of whatever it is that's going on in Westview, which is the place that they apparently have taken over for this pocket reality that she's created. Um, there are just some really cool story beats that line up very well with the late 60s, early 70s, uh, Sitcom, you know, they have the house of the Brady Bunch, but the theme song of season one of the Partridge Family. They're visiting the uh, Wentworths when uh, people my age know of Woolworths, which is an actual store that like closed not all that long ago. Um, if you're as old as me, uh, I used to go there all the time. The laugh track is in there, um, and it's our first episode that's fully in color. And we get all of that at the beginning when we get our hexagons and our title card that says "in color," which is also like a really cool aspect of of going throughout the decades with this TV show. But Wanda's terrifying, and I cannot wait to talk about
1: it. Yeah, and I cannot stress enough terrifying uh <laughs> <laughs> uh kevin your thoughts on week uh i guess week two but we'll call it week three because it's episode, yeah, yeah. Three.
0: episode three i mean yeah this episode was great and you know um it took a minute for me because like when it started off i was like oh they're doing departures family because i you know the very recognizable theme song uh kicked in but the interior, not so much the exterior, the exterior is not the Brady house, but the interior of the house is, is quintessentially like Brady Bunch, right? Like, especially like you get the backyard shot with that, um, that iconic, you know, swing set and everything. Uh, so there was very much obviously the seventies vibes from the humor, the terrible puns that they did. Um, and of course, I think appropriately enough, the creepiness, uh, very, Very Brady Bunch, right? From the the weirdness between Marsha and Greg, to to Cindy carrying on that creepy doll the entire time, to Jan's violence, Uh, very much, I think, in line with the horrifying reality of the Brady Bunch, this episode clearly picking up on those vibes and taking them to the extreme um but yeah this was a lot of fun did brady
1: bunch play that stuff for horror
0: kevin or (laughs) yeah no they played it they played all of it for laughs but it's funny is that
1: why the um the brady bunch movies from the 90s hit so well because like they're leaning into that stuff and being like yeah the brady bunch tropes are very very weird and strange if you if you stop and take a moment to really examine them
0: for sure. And yeah, I think those yeah. the the first one, especially the second one I barely remember, but the second first one is the one with um oh, Rob God. Lowe. Or is Rob no, Lowe the
1: first one? No, no. Uh man, Tim something. Tim Matheson. Yeah, Tim Matheson, I think, is the is the actor who plays uh uh Carol Brady's ex-husband Come Back. Uh I like a very Brady sequel. I think that one's <laughs> good. That's the one with George Glass. Uh it's
0: it's fine, but I think like it it's 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 still Likeable, right? Like, it's the same way the, for me, that I really like the, the Scooby Doo movies. Um, uh, I, I really love because they leaned into a lot of the, the wacky craziness and also who they made the bad guy in the first movie was Chef Kiff Genius. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, I think there's a lot here where it's leaning into the tropes, but obviously there's, there's a horror element to it. There's like a, a weird creepiness going on. I think we're getting more and more, as mentioned, this, um, uh sort of confirmation that that Wanda is behind a lot of this and she is she's is well aware um, this is something um we at the horizon talked about uh the week previously and we can delve a little bit more into that but in terms of like the the sitcomness right like i think they they do such a good job of taking that that spot on um uh homaging from like I said, the the humor to the style to, to 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 mannerisms, and then like giving it their own twist. Like even though there's so much laughter, there's so much silliness, there's still always this like weird twist to it. This this Wandavisiony um, spin to to what's happening, despite the laugh track playing in the background.
1: Yeah. Hey guys, um, my question overall is sort of just uh, what's happening, like on Wandavision. What's happening on this show? What is happening in the world of WandaVision
2: cuz it's it's so it's cur- a curiosity Latonya. <laughs> Kevin, there's, there's a lot happening. Uh, what what is it? It's difficult to say. We've got, you know, a very um interesting few uh moments visually in here as well as some like conversations going on between Agatha um, <laughs> sorry, Agnes. <laughs> just <laughs> leaving in, you like, I'm confirming it for Canon's sake right now. It's not, yeah. nope. No, I met Agnes and Herb, uh, just trying to have a conversation, you know, uh, to keep Herb, I guess, from further damaging that, uh, facing wall. But yeah, there's a couple really weird moments that happen. There's like a full time stop and warp when, uh, vision starts to realize that things aren't really happening the way that they should be happening. Um, there's Agnes straight up saying, stop it to her bef- before he says what seems like he's going to, he's going to say it, we're trapped here. And then, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens during this very brief pregnancy that demonstrates that this world is probably inhabited by and completely at the whim of everything that the Scarlet Witch is feeling.
1: Right. Um, But there's also the, you know, Kevin, by the end of the episode with Monica, like bursting out of the bubble, like shit's happening in like in like a brick and mortar sense. Like, it's not just an existential crisis, which is kind of where I was at last week, uh, that like shit's real in whatever is underneath the like this is some under the dome shit Uh, i don't know did you read the luna brothers girls i think have like a similar premise where like the town is cloaked in a bubble like that's what's going we're, we're in bubble world to a certain degree
0: yeah, I mean, there's a lot Some of Truman
1: like, Show vibes.
0: <laughs> I think a lot of people also theorize like, is this all in Wanda's head? Like, what, where, what is, what is exactly is happening? I think the and this ending sort of takes me out
1: of that to to a degree that like it can't all be in Wanda's no, head. No, I,
0: I don't think it is. Right? And I, I think it's a warped reality it, she's it created could be she's...
1: because of her head.
0: Right. And I think that's, that's exactly it. I think, you know, uh, I, first of all, I love the transition they did where we, we see it move into widescreen. Yes. Uh, as, yeah. as we shift into the real world, I thought that was really cool. But yeah, I think we have, the show has given us a few, a few answers. Very, very loose, right? We, we have a how, which is most likely, uh, Wanda her powers to warp reality. So we have a how, we have a where, which is Westview, but that's about it. Like the who, the what, the why, uh none of that is is what we're getting um thus far. This is still a mystery. It seems that, you know, from from the implication here that um um Agnes and Herb that they they seem like they are more aware than we originally assumed. I think for for a couple of us about what's going on at least to to an extent. Um We have a little more confirmation that Wanda herself is aware. But we don't know a lot at all. We don't know what is happening exactly, and we don't know why. And I think this is probably my one criticism about the show, and it's not even the show itself. Uh, This is getting into format. Um, Oh, here it is. Yeah, Here it is. I can smell it. You can smell it, because I think that we're in a different age of television, and I think for something like The Mandalorian, for more episodic TV series, uh, you can do weeklies again, right? Like, I think it makes sense where the plot isn't propelled forward every episode, where you're not laden in, in a mystery setting, where you're not trying to, like, uncover stuff. I think it works. I really think the show, unfortunately, um, should have been uh, dropped at once. Interesting, um, And I think because we are in an age where getting information is faster and like, you can say all you want about like, Oh, well that's not good. People have changed. It's, uh, it's just as much as like old school people want to be like, yeah, but old school TV, our brains are different. Like the way we consume media is different. Literally. This is my job. Um, and, and, the idea of like causing a mystery like this and weaking it out week by week by week, you have to possibly dole out more There's ways that you you kind of need to do it, and I think this show for a lot of people who are who are expressing frustration um they're not getting the parts that they need. The sitcom vibes aren't what's what's hooking them right like the mystery is, and if they're not getting that. The thrust of it, which is all we have week to week, is the sitcom vibes. You're not gonna be into the show, yeah. uh, and I feel like that's where the show suffers for me. And it's not the show; it's the format. And I think that's just something that, like places like Disney and and, and like HBO or wherever, um, have to kind of find the balance. Like, I don't think you should do Mandalorian in a single drop. I don't think it's a show that was built for that um i think the boy should be in a single drop i mean we saw that last season in my opinion i think it depends on the show and i think uh, that's going to be a struggle uh moving forward for for companies to figure out in this new new age that we're living in so what is happening is a great question josh and unfortunately the way the show is going we may not get answers to that until the very end which is going to be in another like six weeks which is crazy
2: yeah
1: i love um, it I yeah love I, do, the I do too i do too
2: I don't I I like a little bit of the letting the mystery be uh and I yes would I like to know immediately what is happening and why it's happening and who it's happening to and where even vision came from because as we like we all left vision's body in the same place uh, I I want to know all of that stuff too I want to know how you get sucked into the pocket reality and I want to know how she was able to, uh, to zap Geraldine out of there, and like right. we see kind of the end of it. We see what happens. By the way, never help Wanda have her babies. I guess <laughs> you just instantly get zapped out into the real world, and whenever is you this going to happen
1: help, again? Right? Like, are, do we have to worry about that again? I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh,
2: but yeah, I I like the format. Just I think because I've because of the Mandalorian, I miss having something i can watch every friday and then like have this ritual where i talk to you all about it on sunday yeah. and then we have something to talk to talk about collectively starting on monday uh to sustain us for the rest of the week just in terms of a are we going to make it through this like <laughs> uh pre-vaccination like time in our in america i i like that the show is being released this way i do understand people who need a little bit more than just like the small nuggets um, of actual mystery information, as opposed to like all of the sitcom things that we get. I understand that frustration, but I I like the way it's being released.
0: Yeah. I I mean, like
2: I'm not saying it's terrible,
0: but I think it is different because like when we're used to this stuff, this is, this is the, the weekly format and especially a show like this is, is, is um, done for that water cooler talk that happens afterwards. Well, we don't have water coolers anymore, but Also, you know, uh, it's a half hour show um, and and unlike Lost, where you get an hour and you get a lot of backstory and a lot of other stuff. I think Lost succeeded so well, especially early on, um, because of these flashbacks, these character arcs, these every episode, you're learning a little bit more about these people and this massive uh, ensemble cast. Like, I'm just trying to look at it from the perspective of someone from the outside, right? Like, if you're just a regular person watching the show, your theories are going to run really dry really quick, unless you're pretty familiar with the comics. Um You can talk about, like, man, that was really weird. But the other thing to go back on, and for water cooler talk, because we don't get information a lot, you can say maybe two or three things at best per episode, would be the sitcom parts of it. But there's not a lot in there because it's so tied to it that you can talk about the sitcom stuff to the extent that I think... The old school water cooler does. Because remember, these things were a week. We're doing it one day here. But like back in the day, people would talk like have an entire week to discuss this stuff with their colleagues at work. And like, yes, that's different now. We're here, but the internet is also existing for that reason, right? How much conversation for WandaVision is happening on a regular basis? Like what's the measure of, of, of the social talk? There's a lot of that stuff. And I think this is a bigger conversation of what we're doing. This is delving a little bit too far to my own marketing and, and like a social listening realm, but it's just something I'm very curious a, about because of that. It's an I
1: interesting conversation. I, I do think you're right that like I, there's so much that's happening story-wise and like actual like sort of like um like set dressing type stuff that i want to get easter eggs that i think that should be the focus but i think it's an interesting conversation that's worth having and because we've had it i would love to hear people's thoughts super at com. if you're in the discord as well um i would love to hear from people like would this be better for you as a binge or are you enjoying it week to week one of the things that i've found really interesting about wandavision is whether people are um like act- actually like it's grokking, you know for them or it's just something that they're curious to try like I am finding that there are people who are not like super Marvel heads that are giving WandaVision a shot mm-hmm. I find that really interesting and that seems to me to be indicative of people wanting to be part of like a weekly conversation Um, so I would I would guess that most people are are, are happy about the week to week but we'd love to hear from you we would, we would love to keep that conversation going with everyone let's talk story stuff and I, I think there there you know we've we've talked a little bit about like the the what's happening i think the three of us are kind of like uh and and i don't want to speak for for everyone but we can go through this quickly if we all do agree with that like wanda is morphing stuff within this westview world uh, that like, this is a, a tactile place that she is seemingly influencing. But the end of the episode with the widescreen and Monica coming out, uh, and seeing that like all of these people are swarming in with helicopter, like there's an incident that's occurring. We seem to be agreed upon this.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. I think yeah. that is absolutely fair to say. Um, <laughs> <Yeah. Wanda's laughs> the incident. So Wanda's the instant. We don't know exactly what that means. So what that's going to bear out to be, I think that that could be fun to get into, especially when we get the feedback stuff. But we gotta talk about Billion Tommy.
0: Yes we do. So let's
1: talk <laughs> So let's talk about Billy and Tommy. Uh and and Kevin uh provide us with that comic book context. And if there are people who don't want to know the comic book context, uh, I would say that this is probably just generally a dangerous podcast to be listening to. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just like to be very cards up about that. Um but yeah, we're gonna get into some comic book spoilers here for sure.
0: All right. So last chance to back away if you're uh don't want to hear this stuff, but here we go. So the moment Wanda became pregnant at the end of the previous uh, episode, I think comic book fans got really pumped because, uh, in the comics, uh, <laughs> one, an impetus for Wanda's eventual mental breakdown and, um, uh, d- destruction of reality uh, in Avengers Disassemble was the fact that she had children, but she didn't have children because children couldn't exist because Vision's a robot. So there was a lot of stuff there going on, and that revelation sort of like broke her. But um, because of her abilities to warp reality, she actually did, in fact, bring two twins into existence that were her kids. And in the comics, those kids are, in fact, named Tommy and Billy. Um, it's So when they had that argument, especially, we' it's just like, should we name it Tommy or Billy? And it, I was like, both! Both! Because it's going to be two of them! Yeah. Uh, I was really <laughs> pumped about that. Um, so Tommy and Billy are um, uh, teenagers with uh, superpowers, and they join and are really introduced into Young Avengers. Uh, the Young Avengers is a team... That exactly what it sounds like. They are uh, teenagers who are also like Avengers of their own uh, of their own ilk. This is where a lot of people have been theorizing about seeing a Young Avengers in the comics. Um, Scott Lang's daughter Cassie is a member of the Young Avengers, um, as are Billy and Tommy, who are codenamed uh, Speed and Wiccan, which I'll get to in a second. And um, the Hulkling uh, is, is another character. Tommy and Hulkling are um, an openly uh, in an openly gay relationship. I believe Tommy is Wiccan. I hope I'm not messing that up. Sometimes come at me um but the young avengers that's where they were introduced and then it was later revealed because people theorized that speed who has super speed and tommy who has magic powers uh, were clearly the children of scarlet witch uh, And this was later confirmed so it was really exciting to see this so wiccan is the wiccan is billy in. and tommy uh, is speed. i messed it up i that's messed all right. it all that's up. all right i just double checked it yeah thanks yep. um so this was this was really cool to see happening and for me i think. There was an interesting thing here that you could really read into, possibly knowing the comics. Right, this idea of like this accelerated birth and all the weird stuff happening around Scarlet Witch. Like we attributed the the, the accelerated birth, and it could still be to something else happening. We we the the the, the butterflies hap- appearing, the spinning stuff as she's giving birth. We attributed to her own emotions at at uh, going out of uh, being affected. Her powers being affected by her emotions, but what if knowing what we know, if you have a character who's super speed and they are born with these powers, unlike in the comics, accelerated birth makes sense, right? You, you, the, the, everything's happening. Super speed. Well, one, of speed is is, one of those kids is super fast.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So it's just accelerating it.
0: And then the weird magic Wanda was like, how am I, what's happening? Am I doing this? Maybe she's not. Maybe it is in fact, Billy, who's doing that as a baby affecting the, the, the environment around them as, as that's happening. so, I think that's really interesting because that that can lend its way into um a possible confirmation that these two kids are going to be who we think they're going to be. Um, I'm also really curious about what comes next, right? Like you look at um you look at succumbs at the time and kids grow up re- either really fast or not at all. So I wonder if we're going to mm-hmm. get a situation where by next episode, are there going to be toddlers who are talking by the end of the series? Are there going to be teenagers? Um That's really interesting. They're already six months old. And that's a joke because whenever a baby is born on TV and they're just like, it's my baby. I'm like, that is a six-month-old baby. That is not a newborn. <laughs> they never show actual <laughs> newborns on TV because actual newborns look alien. So they always start just like, get a six-month-old, get a little bit older so it looks like an actual baby, which there, I always find very interesting. There are some
2: other fantastic TV tropes uh, that oh, they yes. <laughs> straight up use. And some of them are real-life things that actually happen. So the thing about the fruit Trying to keep track of, you know, how big a fetus is based on the fruit is an actual thing that doctors still use today because they think that women are idiots <laughs> um, <laughs> or uh, it's either either that or it's just a really good marker. Um, the doctor being Dr. Nielsen, even there's a different though, there's a different spelling uh, is very close uh, to, in my mind, the Nielsen rating system, uh, which is was invented in 1947 for radio programs uh, when it was first released, but then moved into TV in 1950 and still to this day is kind of one of the primary sources for audience television int- uh, information in the United States. Um, there's all of the different playing with like, she's wearing a different coat or hiding something in front of her be- baby bump, which are things that people still employ in television and sitcoms today. Uh, when the actors are pregnant and they need to hide it, like of L- Olivia Pope's coat, Pope's coats, uh, being a whole thing. So that's I really always like so funny that. to me. It's yeah. so ridiculous because like, I also love in this that they, that it's just like fruit. It doesn't even
0: hide it at all, but like, it's just like, <laughs> Oh yeah, I can't see it because it's like, to me, like, that's the audience, right? Like, we're watching this. And we're like, she's very clearly pregnant like very clearly and it's just like no you can't tell because there's a there's a box here and it's just like she's pregnant so so, i thought it was really funny they played it that they played that up so much and made me laugh uh that was good
1: yeah um i'm curious to your point kevin like are we how how fast are we gonna go with the kids, because they're breakout characters from the comics and with Cassie Lang being somebody who is going to probably have a bigger role moving forward in the MCU, um, with the fact that, uh, Hawkeye is introducing Kate Bishop, Ms. Marvel, like there is with Ironheart, like there, there is a, the, there's a template here, uh, that, that we could be moving towards young Avengers. Uh, and these are critical characters in in that world um even with secret invasion like could be like the intro the introduction of hulkling who is a scroll if i'm if i'm not mistaken that is correct uh so this feels like an opportunity to like have like shadow cast these two really important characters and we just don't know it yet um like are we going to have full-on wiccan and speed as critical characters in wandavision moving forward As like a comic book nerd i'm i'm, I'm hyped on that i think that that's a really fun thing to consider
0: it's also great sitcom fodder right like if we're following the idea of, of what these things are you know things of what these kids are um <laughs> it, it, uh, it it very much Makes for great sitcom jokes. We talked about, um, in Bewitched, right? Samantha had two kids, uh, who had magic, led to a lot of wacky adventures. I think that's a big thing for sitcoms. And to the point of Nielsen ratings, what better way to boost up ratings in Indiana than you is to introduce a new character or new, uh, children. Uh, sometimes that works out. Sometimes it doesn't. So if sometimes it becomes <laughs> infamously obnoxious where you introduce a new young character into a show, but, um, which ironic, isn't it? No, it's not. Okay, never mind. Um, but, uh, we'll get to that. Uh, but, uh, it, it works for this. And so you can have it where if they get older, because time has no meaning here, uh, we're literally jumping decades. Um, and these kids are gonna be can be toddlers the next time we see them, and if you have like a a magical kid and a kid with super speed, like think of the wacky shenanigans that can happen, especially as we head into more modern TV, right? Like where you're allowed to do a little more like crazier stuff. It could it could really lend itself to some really um perfectly tropey uh sitcom fodder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Isn't it
2: also better for these these people to grow up and be put into kind of both sitcom fodder and then ultimately, like, Young Avengers, as opposed to the alternative of what happens to these kids in the comics? I mean... (laughs) So what happens to them,
1: uh, yeah. Well,
0: in the comics, um, when they're they're babies, they basically get erased from existence because it's... Yeah. Um, When when they're babies, uh, and then House of M happens, right? That's when Scarlet Witch, like has her, has her issues and then she brings them back in House of M and it's like you've literally warped the entire world around yourself right now. And then, uh, afterwards she disappears and then Wiccan and Speed come into existence and there's a lot of questions about how they exist and why. Um, so there's a lot of things that come from that. And also I think it'd be better because I don't know. Sitcoms are so weird because they would introduce kids. I mean, Lucy and, and Ricky are a great example because they had they had a kid who, then for most of the time, would just be like, "Oh, uh, in the other room." Like <laughs> it was never on screen enough, right? Unless there had to be a moment like they'd show up at the beginning and just remind you, like, "Right, this kid exists," and then they'd wander away, or the babies um, wander uh, away would come away. yeah, wander <laughs> away, yeah. Um, and I really think in 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 a lot of older sitcoms that was the case. But if you look into like especially. I mean, not not even you know older because obviously I have leave it to Beaver, but I think modern sitcoms obviously have like so are so family and kid focused, and I think that's going to lead us into discussion at the end when we start predicting what's going to come next. That um, having younger children present, like in active roles, uh, is not unheard of to the extent that, that that we have them today.
1: Yeah. Oh, God, I'm just nervous about it. I'm really excited about it. Can we also talk about the fact that the stork was so terrifying? <laughs> like, the stork, like, the, I mean, like, so, like, the laugh track this episode was really unsettling for me. Yes. Uh, like, more so than it's been. Like, the laugh track, I think, combined with the color is, like, where, you know, you're getting this sense of a sort of, like, inching closer to reality. And inching closer to Discovery was uh, an unsettling combination. And then to throw a freaking stork in it. That was just like Lynch walking its way, like David Lynch walking its way through the thing. Very Twin Peaksy, and then uh, ending
0: up right in the exact position, which is also very sitcomy. <laughs> just. So- <Yeah. laughs> uh gosh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna credit this i think it
1: was alex zalbin at decider who uh uh, earwormed me and therefore i must earworm you with tony stork Uh, which i thought was was hysterical uh so is that tony stork uh i think for now we can canonize that um so (laughs) what a name yeah yeah, so I'm I curious.
2: think it kind of has to be
1: now. Yeah, I'm, cu- I'm curious as to where where they're going to go with all of that. Um so so that's that's one piece of all of this. Another piece of all of this is that vision is catching on even though Wanda is like trying to prevent him from catching on. Uh and like last week we had like the beekeeper scene where things were like literally rewound and this week it's played like a glitch. It's like it's, it's played like a DVD skip almost. It's so cool. So yep. cool. Really unsettling. Uh, probably, I don't know. You know me. I'm hyperbolic. I was going to say, that's my favorite moment of WandaVision so far. Uh, but it was, <laughs> it was great. It was great. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. Uh, wonderful. And it was so creepy. And then for Vision to be then going outside and just watching uh, the conversation between Agnes and... What's the name of uh, their neighbor again? Did you Herb. say Herb. Herb. Yeah, to watch Agnes and Herb talking and like Agnes like talking to Herb in a way that I think you could you could read it a couple of ways right like either like they are confidants and they both know what's going on or if Agnes is a witch which is one of the things that we're speculating on is she like doing some witchcraft with him like trying to like draw out information from him and then like he's gonna go back and being like snapped into sort of like this strange reality he's in but like the the juxtaposition Latanya of him with the with the chainsaw and the laugh track earlier in the episode oh my gosh yeah. so creepy so this show is the funny creeps. and creepy as hell What's yeah. What's going on with the Agnes stuff for you?
2: So part of me in this episode, well, first of all, Catherine Hahn in that cute little dress at the end. Yeah. Everybody looks great in seventies garb. Like everyone should just, this should just be the time period we hang out in for a minute. Yeah. You know, just like more Afros or like stick straight hair. Those like little, like mini dresses. Absolutely. A one let's keep it going. Uh, but also, It, I got a little bit of fear coming off of Agnes in this episode. In, uh, you know, the 50s, 60s iterations of the character, she was always like, Oh, this will be done in a dash. Like everything's fine. And now she's just like, Oh, for the love of God, stop talking. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, there's, there's just way too many. There, there are too many like, um, just little unsettling things there's the fact that the you know dr nielsen and his wife who's got a new two piece they're supposed to be able to go off to vacation right and at the very end we hear him saying like these small towns there's just really no escape you
1: can't really leave yeah
2: yeah um there's you know agnes stopping her right before he's about to say whatever it is he's going to say but the look on her face is one of desperation and fear not so much of maybe you're going to let my secret loose as is like, you're going to let Wanda loose on all of us. And we no. don't know what the repercussions of that will be. Um, you know, and then the moment that we get when Wanda seemingly remembers when she's gone through childbirth, which happens of course, behind the couch because you have to sanitize everything um, that she was a twin and she starts to get more melancholy about Pietro and her, accent comes back a little bit finally uh, a reference to
0: quicksilver (laughs) yeah
2: right um and then we get a reference to ultron
1: yo i'm telling you we're getting james spader before (laughs) this whole thing's done i'm i promise it's happening there's no way the fact that they name checked ultron on on the show it's like ah marvel cinematic universe i see you haven't forgotten about ultron it
2: has i feel like it has to happen
1: we're get we're gonna like I would a, love it. like like a toaster is going to talk to her and it's gonna to talk to her with the voice of James Spader like a microwave is going to speak to her. This is I gonna mean, happen.
0: That's that's the, that's the parts that I'm looking forward to. Right, we haven't really gotten that that stuff yet, and I really am uh, hoping and and you know really want to see that. I, w- I want to hear the James Spader. I would love beyond a reference, as I mentioned, I would love Quicksilver to actually show up. Um, but we don't know what we're gonna be getting for a lot of that stuff, uh, and you know. Uh, I don't want to cut Latanya off if 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 if, if you wanted to uh, keep talking about that but uh yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I was just, there's some possible caster casting spoilery stuff out there about whether or not we'll get I don't, that we're talking I don't want to know. I, I don't want to know. And I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't <laughs> you know want to know. I was just saying just about to say I'm not going to discuss it but I do really I I was just going to uh finish up by saying that I love the atmosphere in this episode because I like horror so much because there are so many uncanny things that are happening and being said. And because we're getting kind of like the myth of, uh, you know, a pregnant woman um, in sitcom style, but all of like the, if there are like, whether they're like urges for, You know, fruit in this case, orange slices, of course, because the MCU or if there's nesting and then we get like butterflies that happen. There are unintended consequences that are occurring because of everything that Wanda is going through, suppressing or making happen. And we don't really know how that has had an effect on these people in the community. If they were if this was if Westview was just a place that, you know, in New Jersey, all kinds of things happen in Jersey, as we know. Um, if it was just a place in New Jersey and all of these people got sucked into this reality with her and they're just trying to not anger her. Or if it's if all of these people are just collective figments of Wanda's imagination and what Agnes is trying to do is to keep herself from being blinked out of existence. We don't know. Yeah. There's,
0: yeah, this episode especially, um, you know, be- from when, before the glitch happened, the expression Wanda was given was very creepy uh, when, when Vision started asking too many questions. We've seen it happen before when people ask too many questions. But the moment, I think, when when Agnes and her were talking and the fear, I think, in both of them, um, I think hit a number of things. One, I think it implies to certain extent, like, maybe this isn't. You know, the, like we were like, who are these people and how are they involved? Like, maybe they are just people and, and they are stuck in this world and they are aware that they are stuck in this world, but they can't do anything about it. Um, So much of this episode, especially um, about how they are talking about Wanda, how they're talking when Wanda is not around and how Wanda is acting, uh, especially with uh Geraldine slash Monica, um, reminds me a lot. And, and before the podcast, Latanya and I both had written this down. Uh, because it is very you guys much talking without me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, like very it. much is, is reminiscent of the Twilight Zone episode, a very famous episode called "It's a Good Life." Um, I was trying to use references to comics before about like how Phoenix can do this, and there's all these other characters, but this is probably, I think, the perfect reference to the point. Like the Simpsons parried it in Treehouse of Horror, but this episode is really famous about a young boy in a town. Who could just do whatever he wants he's it's the one where he turns the guy into the jack in the box at one point um this is a really really well-known episode uh and how the townspeople here are acting are very similar to how they were acting in that episode where they are afraid and they can't talk about what's actually happening lest he overhear you because if he does he can do something like there's a lot in here that felt exactly like that everyone acted and faked smiled their way but when they were alone they you saw the fear you saw the tension in all of them I mean, at one point they talk about like can we we have to try and kill this kid and it became a mm-hmm. huge conversation which is very reflective of what happens in the comics about what do we do about wanda when the avengers and the x-men are talking so there's a lot in here that i think reflects on. and i think also the the reflection of that title it's a good life is so perfect because like this idea of like this is a good life but really underneath the surface there's horror, uh, I think, works so well here. Yeah,
2: yeah. and then we get that excellent, uh, the song for the third episode is uh Daydream Believer by The Monkees, mm-hmm. which is a song that came out in 1968. The Monkees themselves, a band, pretty much just created it to serve as a television show, uh, t- a sitcom. Uh, so that in and of itself is cool, but you get the very um, sunny soundtrack. To just some turbulent images. And this is probably set in the early seventies, but this song is from 1968. Just a few of the things that occurred in 1968. January 30th, uh, was the beginning of, um, I think the United States occupation of Vietnam. Uh, we've got, uh, November 22nd, we get the first interracial kiss ever on television that happens in, uh, the star in Star Trek. Uh, Apollo 8, orbits the moon for the first time, October 16th, the athletes stand up uh, in Mexico city during the Olympics to protest. And of course on April 4th, Martin Luther King is assassinated. So there's just a lot of really interesting history tied up in taking a sitcom, taking a piece of music and uh, contrasting it with, you know, uh, something that's so bright and sunny with something as turbulent as 1968, which is when this song, uh, was put out and all the stylings and everything that we see during the episode could have happened just as easily as 19, in 1968 or in 1970. Uh, so I just thought that those were really good tie ins as well.
1: Cool. Yeah. Um, feedback time. You guys ready for some feedback? Oh, yeah. Well, how about this? How about we start with a little commercial break? Take a quick, quick, uh, quick commercial break. We'll be right back. We'll get into some feedback. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa,
0: take it easy, Judy. (laughs)
1: All right, we're back. It's time for some feedback. I'm surprised Uh, our
0: commercial break wasn't about Hydra Soak. (laughs) I know. Oh, what did you guys, what did you
1: all think of the the Hydra Soak uh, commercial, by the way?
0: Well, very, I mean, very obviously the Hydra reference was there, right? So that becomes another question. Uh, Baron von Strucker, obviously very closely associated, I think, with Hydra. So um beyond that though, like for our theories about is this death, I don't know who would be the dead character uh to reference here, find the goddess within. The only goddess I think that comes straight to mind would be Hella in terms of dead people, because she is the goddess of death. But I'm yeah. surprised
1: you aren't happy to see me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I hope that they're not all dead. That would be bad.
0: Yo,
1: show up, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett on the (laughs) WandaVision bingo card. You can do it. I'm here for the cat (laughs) blanket. I'm all in on that cat blanket. Um, All right, let's get into some feedback. This is from the great Professor Strunk, who writes in and says, This episode seemingly made it clear that Wanda is in control of everything and that Sword and the outside world are trying to reach her. But if that's the case, what mystery is left? If it ends up all being true that Wanda created an imaginary world to cope with her grief, that Sword grew threatened by her doing so, and that Sword thus attempted to intervene to prevent her from continuing to manipulate her reality, is that the totality of the mystery story arc? I hope not, because that's too predictable at this point. The MCU has to have something else up its sleeve here. Um... So I'll, let's take that in two parts. Do we think that that is the thrust of the mystery? Or do we think that um, there is something else that's coming that's a curveball that none of us see coming? That's that's point A. And then point B would be if this is the thing, is it enough or do you need more? Um, I don't know who wants to take that first. I certainly could provide an opinion, but I've been talking a lot.
2: Have you? I feel, <laughs> yeah, like, I I feel know. like you haven't. All <laughs> right. I how like this? Should do it. Well, then let me let me do it.
1: Uh, it would be enough for me. Um, I think that vibe and tone and feel and acting and like uh, if if it feels like it's 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 a little predictable I think that's we're, we're leaning on how invested we are in this universe and how much thinking that we do about it to the point that we podcast and or listen to podcasts about it Uh, that I think that we're really like ingrained to like pick up the stuff and I don't think that there's a problem with predictability there I think that that would be us like picking up the clues that are being dropped and assembling the pieces together and getting like we're in the Process of of building out the blueprint, uh, like you know, this is like we're at IKEA. We're putting the thing together with all the instructions that like, how do you read this stuff? Uh, I don't know. That's some projection on my part uh, that I think if it's a predictable thing, like I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. I think it works. I think it's fine. It's tone, vibe, acting, all of that stuff. As long as that sublime, then I'm in uh, doesn't need predictability, but I am expecting to have some form of rug pulled out from under me as well. Um, that is, that is what I've come to anticipate from, from Marvel studios. I think that something is coming that we are going to be, um, side swiped by and or like wasn't like a slam dunk guarantee that this was a thing that was going to be happening like I think that like whether or not I mean because we're talking about it so exhaustively I think we are inevitably going to you know at least like tangentially reference something important that's going to come up whether it's that like Agnes is a witch uh like and that's going to be played as a huge reveal or something else that we're just like like if it's the James Spader thing like I think like it's inevitable that we will have like we will have like broached something, but then there will also, I expect there to be some element of end of Mandalorian season two, final scene type territory that I'm keeping vague for those who still haven't seen Mando. Uh, even though it would be hard to dodge the cultural moment that occurred at the end of season two, I think that there could still be something of that magnitude that none of us really like fully actually expected to see on our screens. That's my uh, take on the strong feedback.
0: Well, my first response to you, Josh, uh, per that is... Hey, I did uh, see you
1: like have like a look on your face. I'm like, oh, Wiggler, you said something. I'm like, damn it, now I'm self-conscious. because You can did say Kevin. something, uh, Kevin but it's nothing bad, me. because I have a
0: question. And my question is, whatever happened to predictability? The milkman <laughs> paper boy, the newsman on TV. <laughs> you had it, you, you served it up, and I had to t- take it. I love um, you. I
1: love you no. so much. Um, I hate you so much. I love you so <laughs> much, Kevin. I about that. I this you, is Kevin. so,
0: but like, this is, this actually ties right into like what I was saying. Like, is this enough to me? Yes. I mean, that, ma-
1: that matches the look that you gave me so perfectly. Cause Kevin like gave me like sort of like this <laughs> little like sweet, sweet <laughs> shit eating grin. And I was like, did I say something wrong? No, I just made you him said, happy. You said exactly the <laughs> yeah, right thing. Got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh my
2: God. If I but- get that song stuck in my head along with Tony Stork, <laughs> I am uh, going to lose it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm quitting I'm the podcast. Yeah. Um,
2: but
0: I, I, I do think it's enough, and I think um, this is this is this is the rub. This is where we get to uh, circle back into what I was talking about in terms of what I always love talking about storytelling. Um, I, I think you, you, they are telling a story here, and you, me, a lot of the people on the Discord, a lot of us hard hardcore comic book people and MCU fans. We're probably pulling this apart. We're tearing it apart piece by piece. We're seeing the clues, and we're putting it together from the knowledge we know. The general public might not be able to do that. They don't know, so they don't know what what the actual prediction is going to be. They're getting the clues about this is actually Wanda, nothing is being done to her, and maybe that is the reveal at the end. Then it becomes two, though, but that is a story element, right? Like Once it's confirmed this is her, what happens when you, again, break someone who has this sort of power when you break the reality they've created for themselves? what is their response going to be and how do you deal with it how do you fight someone like this how can you fight someone like this i think there's a lot of questions there and a lot of fallout that can happen from uh what they're being uh, what they're laying out in this story and i think they're telling the story in the right way leading to a possible conclusion that maybe some of us have predicted does that mean they should Change it? No, I, I think you don't necessarily need the curveball because then you can end up in, in as we've talked about, I think, uh, in other stuff, debauch our Galactica territory. You end up in situations where because the fandom figured it out, you want to change it. And I don't think that's the right call because then you break your story. Um, spoilers for Game of Thrones. Blah, blah, blah. Um, book <laughs> readers, book readers. Kind of new, right? Like, you read the books Yeah, that's uh, my new favorite the- spoiler buffer <laughs> noise. <laughs> uh, just for that, just for that show. Um, yeah but if you read the books, like a lot of us, you know, a lot of people, even, even from the show early on picked up on clues because, you know, uh, George, George, George R.R. Martin did a really good job laying down the threads that when the reveal happened about parentage, you're just like, that makes a lot of sense. And I think curveballing it like would ruin the storytelling because a good storyteller lays down the pieces. Now, how does this come back to what I was saying? Because if you dropped it at once and you're able to consume the story from start to finish, it's not a weekly thing where you're predicting and you're pulling it apart. You don't have to have big curveballs because you're not weekly trying to lost your way through it and be like, what does the polar bear mean? What does this mean? What's the theory? If you theorize and theorize and theorize week after week, you expect something big. You expect something huge and twisty. But if you're just trying to tell a story from start to finish, they are doing that. So... Caught This is where you can end up in dangerous territory. This is where a weekly format, when a story isn't that, can be very problematic, and it comes to the detriment of the story itself.
1: Yeah. I don't know that it's necessarily a format problem so much as an expectation and engagement issue, personally. Um But that is, again a long conversation to to be had at a, at a, a different at a, podcast <laughs> at a different point in time. Um, let's, let's get into some more stuff. Uh, the great Brendan Fitzpatrick said big Truman show energy to this episode. So if this is the big Truman show, uh, who is the big Ed Harris behind the scenes is what Fitzy asks. Uh, is there someone who's like, I uh, in the sky Latanya, is there somebody who's got like the beret on, and is, like, uh, pulling the curtains from behind the scenes.
2: It's just Ed Harris. Right? It is, right? <laughs> <For Yeah>. every... <laughs> Josh yeah. would be so happy.
1: I would. I love Ed Harris. Ed Harris is the best. It's always Ed Harris. Yeah. Uh,
2: well, whomever it is that's sitting there and, like, r- watching this on a TV screen and taking mm-hmm. notes probably uh, has some man-behind-the-curtain energy.
1: Yeah, it's or Dr. Claw, right? Yeah.
2: Dr. Thanks. Claw?
1: I'm expecting Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget.
2: Oh. Uh, Yeah. No. uh, Next time, Gadget. (laughs) I'll get you, WandaVision. Yeah. (laughs) It's
1: time, Wanda. Next time. Um, To this same point uh, from Brian F., uh Brian says, My mind changed on Agnes being anyone of particular control in this episode because she looked frightened. Um Latina, is your take that Agnes is because I think you've you've really been on the Agatha Harkness train, uh mm-hmm. that she is, you know, this uh this character from the comics who's a witch in the comics. Um are you are you feeling like that thought is shaken at all by the events of this episode, or are you still feeling pretty good about that?
2: I still feel relatively good about it just because I really want Catherine Han to be playing a witch um, is a a big part of it. But I mean, I think witches can get scared of other more powerful witches. (laughs) Uh, You know, it happens all of the time in my coven. So, yeah. I think I don't actually have a coven, but that would be pretty cool.
1: I was too scared to address it. <laughs> I was gonna let that go unchecked because it's like if Latanya has a coven, I don't wanna like engage that. I'm just gonna let that lie.
2: <laughs> just gonna let that mystery yeah, be. Just
1: let that mystery be. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh I it doesn't go away for me for me, no. Um I I also have in doing like a little looking back, seeing that if the Agatha Harkness thing is still you know uh a relevant theory then in the past, Agatha Harkness has kind of served as like a uh, a means of like helping uh witches to like get their witch on better if that makes any sense and also as like a nanny so I mean who needs a nanny right now the person who just had two twin uh, twins in an yeah. episode yeah um so it could still be it could still be happening, but you know Agatha. Slash Agnes could still very much just a bit afraid by everything that was happening with Wanda this episode.
1: Um, the legendary Grace leader writes in Grace says, I don't think it could be Sword who's creating the bubble. Both the civilians being wary of Geraldine and all the trucks and guns being pointed at her when she's booted from the town makes me think that it's Sword who's trying to figure out how to infiltrate whatever is going on what do we what do we think about that kevin that like is is sword like still kind of like in top secret mode is this like i don't know uh when like jack bauer runs up against the fbi or some shit like that like is there is there like a conflicting agency deal that we're we're moving into
0: i mean i think there's a high possibility there where it's you know i think Wanda being the person responsible even for the bubble, I think is, is pretty, is pretty spot on. And I think S.W.O.R.D. is trying to possibly figure out what's going on, but there's gonna be a lot of agencies trying to figure out what's going on. You know, B- big enough stuff happens. CTU isn't the only one responding. So is the FBI, the CIA, and a bunch of other organizations, you know? Right. So I, I think that's, 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 that's a case here that, that is quite possible. Um, we talked about the beekeepers again. That could just be AIM also AKA trying to figure out. AKA the beekeeper. The beekeeper. Uh yeah. that could be AIM trying to find their own way in through the sewers. There's lots of things that could be happening here. There's lots of people that could be trying to figure out what is going on and how can we do something about it. So I, I do think it again, we're learning stuff as we go um about this. And like Sword again, brand new for us, brand new for this world. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out on what exactly this organization is in the context of the MCU, because SHIELD, I believe, in the comics is the, the actual acronym has changed um from the comics to the movies and i wonder now if sword has also changed from something else to this so it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out
1: um latonya this is from jess sterling uh mm. S- sterling writes in and says i absolutely am loving the fashion and hair in these episodes this so good geraldine's so good. Fish- <laughs> geraldine's fish pants visions <laughs> shaggy hair so good Do we want to just take a moment to like stop down and appreciate how great everybody looks? Cause they do. They look fantastic. Everyone
2: looks great. That (laughs) cobalt blue eyeshadow that's going on, on Geraldine is just like gorgeous. Uh, that I love that pop of color, especially on darker skin tones that people are afraid to try. Yeah, Don't be. It's wonderful. Um, wonderful. I I was saying it's wonderful. Um, Agnes's little dress, like, uh, uh, Vision looking completely like a snack this entire episode, too. Like, let's just, I I can do it. It's fine. We can we can talk about Vision as a snack. Yeah, let's sure. Have, let's have him be in more 70s clothing all the time, please.
1: Yeah. If things are moving progressively towards the present, but Vision is still just like in <laughs> 70s
0: garb. Yeah, I'd be fine we'll with just- it. I yeah. you, you get further reference to the present, we're gonna hit the seventies again since fashion has recycled itself a few <laughs> yeah. times. That's yeah. very true. Um uh,
2: but yeah, no, everybody looks fantastic and it's also just that very uh wonderful, like minimalist sitcom makeup. So everyone just looks like they're having the best skin day they've ever had as opposed to everyone just being caked in makeup. Yeah. Um so yeah, thanks Jess for giving giving me the opportunity to talk about everyone's serving looks on this show. So good. Kevin, any thoughts on the looks?
0: Uh yeah, I mean the seventies, you know, for me, I think the seventies are are not my like standout decade. Uh just, just because of me, I guess, my own personal. How stuff. dare you. I know. I love last I love last episode a lot. I love that time period. Um, and I do love the eighties and nineties, so I'm really excited to get to those. Um give me some of that, you know, nineties grunge and stuff. We'll see what we hit there.
1: I but- want vision with a mushroom cut.
0: God dear God, that's dear what God. I want That's dear what I God. want
1: that's what I want I mean
0: if the time period hits up, right if the kids are if the kids are close to teenagers by then I uh, want I want vision, have a I want cut. vision
1: rocking a mushroom cut at Wario use mushroom. I want to see vision <laughs> with that with that mushroom cut. I want it. I want it badly, very badly. um this is from Brenna. Brenna writes in uh so on the question of Billy versus Tommy, a, what's the better name? And B, who names their kids Billy and Tommy? Those are
2: nicknames. Those are nicknames. Yeah. We'll at the fork?
1: Yeah. Just skipping straight to so informal. Who, uh,
2: who? What's better, Billy or Tommy? What do you think?
0: I mean, Josh ha- or Josh has a Billy in his life. I, don't I do think you have a, have a Tommy. Tommy. I don't think you
1: have a I, Tommy in your I life. I do have a Tommy. Oh, you do. Um, yeah oh. well, i do sort of uh i uh hmm i guess i just out of loyalty to my friend billy i gotta i gotta side with billy uh no chance he's listening to this podcast yeah. uh but just you know doesn't matter even if he's not listening let me do the right thing i support billy
2: yeah that's well, the that's that's one of Shakespeare like you know
1: billy shakes yeah billy that's right that's my friend that's who we're talking about. Billy Josh Shakes. has a billion life in his life, and it's I like mean, my deep, important relationship with Billy Shakes.
2: No one actually like knows who the real Billy Shakes was. So I know I saw yeah. uh,
1: Anonymous, the uh, <laughs> the Roland Emmerich movie about William Shakespeare. Yep.
2: No, I I, di- I, I didn't
1: see it. I didn't see I, it.
2: No, no one saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I got the reference. though.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
2: What do you, you think, Kevin? Billy or uh, that's, Tommy. You
0: know, that's really, that is tough because I feel like if we're going Billy or Tommy as nicknames, uh, but actual names, I kind of maybe lead Tommy. That might be my like passion for the Green Lantern or the Green Ranger coming through? I was going to say, is that some yeah, big Green Ranger? I think that's, I think I, that's big I'm Green James. Ranger energy yeah. right there. Are
2: you sure it's not a Tommy Boy thing? Now I'm no, going to need you, Tommy Boy! Tommy Tommy Boy. But, <laughs> yeah. but I see that girl
1: with the diamond ring! <laughs> <laughs> she knows how to twist that thing! Oh, oh!
0: So much music Sorry, I in this up episode, Tommy
1: Boy. I really do. But even <laughs> um, then, if it's the question of Tommy Boy versus Billy Madison, is this, that's a tough oh, one. That's, yeah, no. to Social studies division. This
0: is going to be tough. I <laughs> would give it to Tommy Boy personally over Billy. I so would other ultimately enough. Ultimately, like, I, like I would Happy too. Happy Gilmore. Other that's a, that's another beast altogether. And we all know Mike Bloom would love some Bobby Boucher. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I feel if we going a full name like Thomas or William, I probably lean William. So it's weird because it's opposite if it's full name. But if it's the nicknames, I lean the other way. Very odd.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah um last uh a little bit of feedback uh, for, uh how about this actually uh some questions on uh this being the start of phase four this is from andrea andrea writes in and it says honestly i'm so happy that this ended up being the start of phase four it's such a deviation from our typical mcu and the superhero genre in general i'm so here for it i believe we're being introduced to our next thanos and it's someone mm. who in the comics has a relationship with Thanos. Andrew believes it's Mephisto and that everyone is assuming he's the big bad of WandaVision because of Agnes, likely Agatha Harkness. But there's no way they use such an enormous Marvel villain in just a TV show, right? Andrea continues, I think like the way that Loki was the big bad in Avengers but was working on Thanos's behalf, we have WandaVision's baddie working on behalf of Mephisto who will be weaving in and out of at least this entire phase. What do you think about that? Because Mephisto in the in the Marvel comics, Kevin, is literally the devil?
0: Mm-hmm. I, uh, that's a that's a hard one for me to, to, to know off the top of my head. I believe I mean no one's i don't think anyone is ever the literal devil most of the time but i think it is yeah it's one of the manifestations of the devil because there's also like oh god now i'm gonna confuse marvel and dc because i feel like there's like lady plays that exist there's so many and like there's like satan's children um so it's off the top of my head it's hard to like know for sure was whether this is like this is the devil as we know him or it is just one of the many incarnations we've seen throughout like the various comics uh that exist even in the mcu or in the the marvel comics um but he he represents the devil as we know it it's just i i I don't think a lot of this this stuff also gets into the hard line of just like this is Satan as we see him in the bible former former angel archangel of god i
1: I guess though how do you top (laughs) thanos Latanya? the literal devil
2: yeah satan
1: Satan. Uh, Satan's so, probably just a little bit scarier than Thanos.
2: Slightly. Yeah. So I was doing some watching in addition to some reading. And thinking about phase four and possibly having uh well not possibly. Wanda's gonna be in the multiverse of madness, right? right. Like that's yeah. the whole point. Yes. And then we got some news months ago uh about Kang the Conqueror. One of his names being Immortus, um, and have and Immortus having some tie ins to uh Billy and Tommy, right? Uh, and how they are how they come to be in some of the comic lines. So maybe all of this is just how we get to Immortus, aka King the Conqueror. It's not Mephisto after all. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, his tie in for King the Conqueror ties directly into Young Avengers. Um, so like there's that, and I think Josh and I like yeah we talked about like we originally thought like the Conqueror was gonna be the next big bad, and my stupefaction of him being introduced in Ant Man <laughs> and the Wasp uh, or Ant Man Three, um, or what is it called again? What is the name of that movie? Something like it's it's a weird Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania. Um, but I, I like I think you have a lean in there, but we we don't necessarily also not ne- ne- have to have one big bad, right? Like there could be multiple big bads. That they, that they need to deal with. Um, and the Mephisto theory makes a lot of sense. I was thinking also about, like, what if this is, like, an Oedipus-style story of, like, going to the Underworld Mm. Um, or not? Orpheus, Orpheus style story, or going to the underworld. Oedipus is a very different story. Yeah, uh, uh, right there, some, there for you. Some, some weird Oedipal
1: energy coming yeah. from Kevin right now. Uh,
0: Orpheus going to the underworld, right? Like a Scarlet Witch going to the underworld to bring Vision back, and like the the dangers there, and like what happens afterwards. So there's a lot I think that can be played into um, the possible uh, Mephisto angle. Um, and again, as we know, as we've joked about, he loves his marriages. So um, you know, there's there's things that that could be there that that could support the the Mephistoing. It'd be an interesting big bad though, just because the devil.
2: It feels a little bit like you can it's just the devil. The, yeah. It's the, yeah, what are you gonna do? Thanos was terrifying.
1: Yeah, you gotta you gotta one up Thanos. The devil is a way to go. Right? Yeah. I think I think it'd be great. But it could uh, also
2: just be how we all uh overlooked a big bad. And Thor Ragnarok being Hela because, or, yeah, because we thought that they'd be using Hela as, like, Death's, uh... I'm the goddess of death. Yeah, but, like, actually, uh, he courted Death, Thanos Mm -hmm. did, in the comics. Um, and so, like, you know, there's all of these, like, odd, um, super, like, meta... Uh, villains that are existing like in the comic realm, like yeah. there's actual death. There are very there are lots of different satans. Um, so yeah, Kevin could be right. It could just be like a multiverse of of bad people.
1: Yeah, multiverse of badness. Uh, <laughs> all right, last little bit of business is whether or not I'm gonna flush a toilet on a podcast. Uh. <laughs> last week I asked, oh, should I flush a toilet? Because they don't do that on TV. And I don't think we've done that on a podcast before. Uh, And I said, I need, uh, I think, 15 unique yeses and 20 unique noes. And I didn't do an exact count. Uh, But I think that the numbers did come in. Uh, We got from Nat, wrote in, said, Josh Wiggler, flush that toilet. (laughs) Uh, We got one from Rick who said, first of all, a big no on Josh flushing the toilet. Uh, Catherine said, no, please don't. Uh Kevin, your friend and mine, Molly shocks said, All signs point to no. know uh Michael O'Rear wrote in twice, said unique yes, twice, two different emails. That's I subtle. believe
0: the gates, both of them.
1: I believe that it can only yeah. be one. Uh, and then Deshawn with the email subject line was, this is a unique yes. And in the body said, hi, please see title. Uh, there were more yeses and noes. <laughs> there were more yeses and noes in the Discord. I didn't count them out. Uh, enough of an outcry from the noes that I feel like the yeses will forgive me for not flushing a toilet on a podcast. But the noes may not. So I shall not be flushing a toilet on All a right. podcast.
2: We did yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, we we democracy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was more like uh, enough people were like, no, don't. They're like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But it needed to be addressed because we we put it out there last time. We don't have any egg bets in play. Does that feel mm. weird? Aren't we supposed to have bets about eggs? Isn't that sort of what the three of us do?
2: Agnes bets. Agnes. Um, we. I think we need a new because eggs were it, like we were like we said it was a very ovum based season. It should be, it should be fruit. yeah
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah who gets who gets the papaya uh, fruit (laughs) it's a papaya a papaya bet
2: we're just sitting sending each other edible arrangements fine yeah
1: yeah all right yeah who wins an edible arrangement is a good one yeah Mm. i like it what are we betting yeah what are the stakes
2: i don't mm,
0: i don't i don't know if i want an edible arrangement though can i get like um, oh my god like cassava chips or like plantain chips like
1: Kevin, you can't just randomly decide on plantains. That's got nothing to do with anything, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> so the problem is, that I don't think that there's like a, a like a huge thing to bet on right now, unless one of you has a has a really strong idea. I currently do not
0: yeah it's hard because we don't know enough about the show like men learn season two we 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 you know we know to concede about season one about like flying off into space, so I think we're able to make that bet. I don't think we really have one here that 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 is a notable yeah. <laughs>
1: I bet Wanda shows up in Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. You know, like, yeah, you know, like we, this is not easy. You can't really do it. We'll come up with
2: something. Yeah. And if anyone has suggestions,
1: suggestions, we're open to suggestions. Super at post You can always write in. We love to hear from you.
2: Get us an edible arrangement.
1: Yeah. And Kevin, some plantain chips. Yes, please do. (laughs) Uh, Uh,
0: do you guys have predictions for the next? Sounds show. like
1: sounds like you do.
0: I, I not predictions. I mean, I have I have hopes that, 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 I, that oh, what I think the it hopes. might be. I love it when um, Kevin hopes. Yeah. Mm, uh, doesn't happen think, often enough. I think like title wise, the most obvious one, just because we're heading into the eighties, the although it is a late eighties show when it started and ran mostly in the nineties. But considering that they just had kids, I think Married with Children is a very obvious title to be playing with in, um, for something like this. However, I do think they're leaning more towards the, the like, family, like, traditional family-friendly ones. Um, yeah, everyone hated
2: each other in Married with Children.
0: Yeah, everyone, like, Roseanne and Married with Children is one where, like, people are more, like, the families were more not quintessentially uh, how we're used to, right? It's not full house. So, for an 80s show, if I had to guess, uh, the one that I would love, uh, and this is where some song might come in here, is of course that show me that smile again show me me that that smile smile. (laughs) don't waste another minute (laughs) yeah uh growing pains would probably be my guess i feel like you can see the intro of them like like especially if they're aging the children up you could see the kids aging in the photos so i think there's a there's a potential there for some growing pains uh for the for the 80s show and the 80s approach
1: yeah but I don't want to think about Kirk Cameron, so I hope I we mean, don't, yeah, I don't.
0: Nobody wants to think about Kirk yeah, Cameron. Get him
1: out of here. Get <laughs> him out of here. Mike Seaver canceled. Um, yeah, I wonder. Latanya, you have any thoughts on, like, format stuff that we might be getting into?
2: I am anticipating that we are going to get some flashbacks happening soon. Mm-hmm. Now that we've actually seen what the real world looks like and how militarized it is in that one spot. Uh, it's likely that we're going to start to get some of the story a little bit more filled in now that Ro- Monica is no longer in the pocket universe and back in the real world. Yeah. So I'm thinking we might get some flashbacks to try to figure out what in the what is happening. Yeah, I would
1: like that. I think that would be nice. I would like a flashback would be fun. Um, Like a format breaker? Like something that's a little bit more MCU, like uh, Coca-Cola classic MCU?
2: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Or, now that uh, we're you know, maybe now that we're in widescreen, like
1: we could we could go we you know, we could follow that widescreen down for a minute could be interesting. Like just for the continuity.
0: I feel like that's how they could shift in and out of the worlds, right? Yeah. Because like by the time mm-hmm. the eighties happened, widescreen's not yet not there yet. Um Yeah, I think that's interesting that, like, we
1: talked about, like, is it just, like, every episode will be progressively a new decade until we're in the modern day? But if they have enough that they could, like, do interstitials, that's, like, three episodes of, like, WandaVision-style TV and then an interstitial that's now modern day. And, like, now we're seeing, like, the stakes. And is this, like, the Jimmy Woo stuff? And uh, is this where we get, like, Kat Dennings trying to science the shit out of what's going on? Like, that could be fun. Uh, I would like that. because we're progressing
2: through the decades so quickly in terms of story and format yeah so it it seems like at some point they're going to have to stop to uh to give us an idea of what's going on yeah which is another all these characters mystery
0: are. it's another mystery that we don't know like why 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 is it progressing this way right like why why are we progressing in the decades of tv like it, it certainly is format for the show that's interesting but like there has to be like a story reason because otherwise like what what is what is what is the what here it would make what sense is what?
2: If, it, if 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 TV shows, because I know that a lot of people who are learning English for the first time do it through television. So it makes sense if when Strucker was experimenting on these twins, their like outlet was TV throughout the years, you know? absolutely i've, I've
1: just, been i've been thinking similarly that makes and sense Just
0: using tv as a sense of growing up right like a lot of us were raised on television practically so mm-hmm. like maybe that is the case for you know they, they were orphaned um and, and wanda maybe would you know experience a lot of tv growing up as a way of escaping the world around them
1: yeah world mm-hmm. outside your window not so great <laughs> you know <laughs>
0: Are you uh, do? Well done. <laughs> you know, but I,
1: I think that there is something that could it could make a lot of narrative sense within the universe for those for those characters. And it also in the same way that the show is sort of very meta. Uh, It could be meta commentary on us, too. You know, like people who are like this deep into the MCU. Many people uh, who are like in their 20s and stuff now are like raised on the MCU. Uh, So and then there's people who are who are raised on Nick at Night or raised on these old sitcoms and everything. So I I think it it would be really interesting to have that be sort of uh, uh, not just like this this love letter, but also like a commentary that exists within like the fabric of the story that Wanda was, uh, you know, you know, basically raised on television would, would totally Mm. make some sense. Um, cool. I like that. Very fun. Uh, very fun time here on, on the WandaVision podcast this week. I'll do a virtual high five with my friends with my friends Kevin and LaTanya. We're high-fiving right now. Uh, We'll be back next week. We've got another podcast for you next week, I am sure of it. Kevin and LaTanya were just on a long time to go, talking the Phantom Menace duel of debates. Uh, Some hot takes on on Star Wars. It was really fun. Uh, (laughs) Super, super fun. Yeah, it was a really great (laughs) time. It was
2: so much fun. One of my friends was just like, you just straight up chose violence. It was <laughs> great. It was great. I'm
1: glad you did. It was great. Nope. And I know the conversation continued in the Discord, the poster Recaps patron Discord, really robust conversation the other day. Uh, so uh, incentive, right? The, the Marvel Cinematic Universe channel is popping. The Everything is Super channel is popping right now. Star Wars is popping. Like all of these conversations are really big and deep on both like theme and story, cultural relevance, just a lot going on with a really, really great community. If that sounds like something you want to be a part of, strongly encourage you to consider Consider signing up. Patreon.com slash post show recaps. We are having a blast with tons of patron content. Um Kevin is at Kef Mahadeo. Latanya is at LK Starks. Are you guys working on anything you wanna you wanna plug at the moment? Just plugging plug away at life?
0: Yeah, plugging away at life. I got I got nothing in my... I'm, I'm hoping to have some more stuff coming uh, in, in my in my actual creative stuff. Look at Kevin
1: Hoping like, again. Eh, I'm
0: trying. It's I'm trying.
1: twice it's, now, Latanya. It's a new
0: it's a new, the year. Audacity. it's a new dawn. It's a new day. The audacity.
1: <laughs> the garage band of that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I made that joke once. I you did. did. You definitely I know, did. I know. I know. That was the joke. Uh, Latanya, anything, anything you want to say?
2: I'm excited after this is over. I'm going to have a mango pop.
1: Hey! Nice! Hell yeah. All right. well let's (laughs) hurry up on out of here so you can get your mango uh, and I will probably have some sort of uh, item of fruit myself uh, because I'm suddenly in the mood. I don't know why.
0: I'm not. I'm not going to eat fruit.
1: Yeah, I know. You don't do that. Um, right, folks. We will be back next week with another edition of Everything is Super. Everything is Wonderful talking about WandaVision. Until then, everyone take care. Bye-bye! Bye! Bye!
2: Stop right there! You wanna know right now Before you
1: go any further This is Wanda Vision Okay, round two Name something that's not boring
0: a Laundry? Ooh, a book club Computer solitaire, huh?
1: Ah, oh, sorry We were looking for Chumba Casino Ch-